0: a life coach and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. This is Lady Boy Gigi and tonight's episode is on Developing Your Life Passion Through Servitude. (laughs) And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. And part of my vision in creating this podcast and Raven Slayer has been following my own life passion and creating a more sex-positive world. And I think a big part of developing my life passion, it didn't just hit me overnight, it's something that's kind of steadily grown through my lifetime, is really getting in tune with what is my passion. I think that was the first step, was really kind of observing and figuring out, well, what is is it I want to do? What kind of mark do I want to leave in the world? And how would I like to change the world if I can? (laughs) And I think for me it was, it wasn't something that was like this sense of, oh, I have to find this life vision. I think we all have many different passions in life that can develop into a life passion. Some of them may, some may not. I've had many passions in my life. (laughs) I think following the sacred sex path has been one of the higher ones, probably one of the highest, (laughs) creating a sex-positive world and a world where we celebrate sexuality and see sex as a sacred act. And part of that passion kind of led me to serving the world and serving society at a level of educating people. I think through this path of following my passion and sexuality, it just kind of dawned on me at one point how appalling it is that we get no sex education, yet we're expected to learn and study and develop and grow and practice every other human endeavor except sex. And that we're supposed to somehow instinctively know about it. And it just seemed so appalling that we put two people or allow two people to join in a sexual relationship with no knowledge or information about sex. I mean, that's just, and I've heard many different weird stories about how, yeah, not always does instinct kick in and we suddenly know, oh, this is how it works. And so I think part of it for me was just this vacuum in our culture around sexuality that we treat it so differently from every other topic that we can't even talk about it with our partner supposedly that it, and we you know this is stuff that's so socially ingrained in all of us i remember oftentimes when i was younger thinking well i don't know if i can talk to my partner about my desires in this area or the things i want to do and and I want to, I don't know if she'd feel comfortable talking to me about her desires and opening up. And so we didn't do a lot of talking about it. We just kind of fell in love and like the normal story and hopped in the sack and started doing stuff without a lot of discussion. And over time we'd bring up some topics, but it was always very limited and with very limited information exchanged. And so that's one of the reasons I developed the erotic body map to help people communicate better how to pleasure each other and some other techniques to really communicate with each other. And in part, I see this as a service I provide. And I do it in Aphrodite's temple as well providing workshops and sex education and especially the more advanced forms of sexual education through tantric work and teaching breathing techniques and touching techniques, the tantric circles and just providing a service to the world fulfills a very deep need within me to give a gift And to help people open their eyes and see that we really are living in the dark ages as sexuality, it's kind of like, as I look at it deeper, it seems like we're living in the dark ages, some of the same functions that occurred in the dark ages, the religious superstitions that went on back then still go on around sexuality today. It's kind of like I see, you know, you read the story of when, oh, who was it that invented the telescope?
1: Um, Uh, Galileo. Galileo, yeah,
0: and how he was persecuted because people didn't understand. And that's how sexuality feels to me today. It's like we're put on trial if we speak out. Maybe not trial in a court system, but definitely a trial within the social context. You know, try bringing up a discussion at the dinner table about sex (laughs) Mm -hmm. in intimate detail. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it just doesn't happen. Even if it's just between lovers. Yeah. You know, it's something that's kind of we're all kind of ingrained, oh, you don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's changing little by little.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I kind of see this as a deep void in our culture, that sexuality is so taboo. It's so mystifying to me how we can be so advanced in so many areas and so blind to this idea that we are truly living in the dark ages of sexuality, that, and even when with the advent of AIDS and many of the other STDs out there, how, how often people with the contract STDs almost become villainized mm-hmm. because of it. It's like, oh, you have an STD. How horrible you must have been. Mm -hmm. It's like this kind of witch hunt almost. And, you know, I'd like to see more acceptance. There are ways to protect ourselves through safer Mm -hmm. sex methods. And Mm -hmm. I've actively had sex with people that have AIDS and other STDs. But I took the precautions necessary to keep from getting it myself. Mm-hmm. These people aren't going to harm me mm-hmm. because I have sex with them. Yeah, There's many different forms of sex that we can enjoy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even mutual masturbation using gloves if someone has a skin-to-skin mm-hmm. STD can be fabulous Mm -hmm. and wonderful and touching each other's bodies even with gloves on can be very erotic and amazing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I see the stigmatization that occurs sometimes around so many areas in sexuality just the whole gay and lesbian movement and even worse the bisexual movement and the bisexual movement I've seen prejudice on from both the straight community and the gay and lesbian communities. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't date a bisexual. They might leave me <laughs> mm-hmm. for another boy or girl. Mm-hmm. And so to put an end to some of this and open up communications and really learn the facts to break some of these myths and to create a more sex-positive world, mm-hmm. I think is a big part of the service I can provide through this show and through some of the training programs I put together mm-hmm. on Ravenslayer. So, what do you? I'd like to kind of turn it over to you, Paul, for a minute, and mm-hmm. ask, what does servitude mean to you, and what does following a life passion mean, and mm-hmm. I, what was the process you went through to kind of identify your life passion?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, to me, servitude is a state of mind, really, where you put yourself in a position where you take on certain Um, responsibilities, certain specific tasks that help to provide service to individuals and to the world and also to yourself. And I think that's an important part. And there's a lot of different reasons to get into servitude. I think uh, for me, I have I've always been a person who really wants to help out all of the people around me and to make their lives easier and better. And so I naturally service oriented and it has really informed a lot of my passions. I have a deep caring for for people and I really try to help out people whenever I can and it's interesting that through service I have tapped into my own personal passions that don't have anything to do with service because by putting myself out there and and giving my energy to another person or to other people um it really kind of clears my head and it makes the the path forward a lot clearer through it i've discovered you know my my passions for for growth because one of the things that i understand well about service is you are only as useful to the people around you as if you are healthy. Um, You cannot very well give people emotional support if you are like emotionally damaged. You can't really dedicate a lot of your time and energy if your energy is constantly sapped because some part of your life is out of balance. And so through doing service for for people, if I want to remain successful in being of service to people, I owe it to myself to take care of myself and make sure I'm healthy in in my emotional life in my spiritual life in my mental health and it really has made it so that I treat myself a lot better so that I am able to provide service to people and it, it really has made a huge difference in my life.
0: And I think for me, a part of servitude is reaching a higher state of devotion and worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, a part of serving the world and serving society. And I think all great artists and philosophers and mathematicians and people that have brought us great gifts through invention and through creativity. It has been this kind of devotion to this passion, a devotion to that spark, whatever it is within us that just comes so alive and so... Driven to achieve and explore and create around a certain topic or area, I know it drives me big time, especially in in my pursuit of sexual knowledge. And I'm not just talking academic knowledge, but to reach higher and higher states of consciousness through sexuality to reach higher states of pleasure and ecstasy through sexuality and discover new techniques to enjoy the pleasures of my body that I can produce in my body and in a partner's body to bring someone to that state of just Pure bliss is an amazing feat to me. It is a type of worship and a type of it is a sacred sex. Mm-hmm. It's performing sacred sex to bring someone to that state of just you can when you're touching their body just ever so lightly and and getting them to that state where each touch just sends shivers all through their entire being and, and it, you can hear the moaning and just in mm-hmm. such deep desire and, and playing with those energies, those sexual energies and bringing someone to this slowly to this amazing orgasm. To me, it's learning and teaching techniques to help us reach higher states of ecstasy and, and sexual pleasure. And we don't teach that. We don't provide information on how to get there. And so I feel like I'm kind of a pioneer in this way, studying and even developing techniques. And I've learned a lot from tantric, but I've also learned some techniques on my own that I kind of put into the trainings, training films that I do, and and I incorporate some of it into this show. And it is my life passion. It is my life passion to serve the community, to bring us to a whole new consciousness of sexual expression between consenting adults. It's, It's this whole vision I have to that feeds my very inner being to create this area that we can openly discuss human sexuality with honesty and with gratitude and with with specific discussions about sexuality, And being able to communicate new techniques and learn about new techniques. And it's with that that I kind of decided, why don't I do another service through this show? And so I've created a membership site where we can explore different sexual topics. Everything from oral sex techniques to anal sex to intercourse to you name it, just working with erogenous zones and any topic we've discussed on the show, I have one area in the membership site for that. Mm -hmm. And then I've got another area for topics that people think up and want to discuss just out of the blue. Yeah, (laughs) Anything sexual. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of my life vision is to get people talking about sex and learning how to pleasure each other at a deeper, more profound level and bring that love and pleasure to your partner and to yourself. It's a gift that goes both ways. As we learn and discover new techniques together, we can fly and reach these amazing states of sexual... It's hard to put how much I have experienced through this process mm-hmm. and how much I've brought it to so many people through Aphrodite's temple. Mm-hmm. And it's a little more difficult to do it through a podcast or through yeah. uh, multimedia mm-hmm. materials because you don't have that hands-on <laughs> Uh, that I get when I do workshops in Aphrodite's temple.
1: Yeah, and also because both with uh, the podcast and with um, with the training films that you do, it is inherently a, a one-way process, and yeah. you you don't get uh, feedback. And you know, when when you have another person like with you, they are able to ask questions, and they are able to lead to some degree um, the the flow of, of the information exchange.
0: Yeah. And I think also there's a, a dynamic I've seen. When you watch a video, it's easy to be deceived and thinking, oh, I know this stuff now. And you know it in your head. But when I do a workshop, I have everybody practice it, mm-hmm. what I've gone over. Mm -hmm. and then it becomes that much deeper. Mm -hmm. And so there's this kind of deception that occurs in multimedia that, oh, now I know how to do this. You think it. I've learned the techniques in my head. But until you really put them into practice with Mm -hmm. a partner and really experience it, experiential learning is so much deeper than just Pure academic learning, Mm -hmm. and I think that's part of the phenomenon that occurs in some of the workshops. Is we all get into it, and Mm -hmm. I'll teach people and have them like just doing the the um, what's it called the um, genital heart connection Mm -hmm. exercise. When I do it, and as part of a workshop, I'm having everybody mm-hmm. take their hands and put them on their hearts and genitals mm-hmm. and gaze deep into the, each other's eyes and, mm-hmm. and do the lover's breath together. Mm-hmm. And then at first people are kind of nervously giggling and, and then they'll say, no, really get into it. And I can guide them through the process. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can't really do that over video or multimedia as well. hmm but uh, do try it. It still works. Like that. It's just practice it. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think I th- I think that's one of the reasons why this membership site can be such a good resource for people because they can, you know, listen to this podcast, they can watch your training videos, they they can get the academic knowledge and then they can go and personally experiment with some of these things, and then they can talk about it on on the membership site and give feedback and, you know, like ask questions that we can answer and Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think that 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 back and forth of uh, information really is very, very helpful.
0: And the other thing I've seen on some of the membership sites I've been on in the past is that it's not just from us providing some of the solutions. Oh, yeah. But other members can often Mm -hmm. bring amazing insights.
1: Yeah, and we experience that when we do workshops together. Like, there are a lot of things that I've learned from the people that we're doing workshops for, you know, and it's, it's... that that's one of the things that's really n- nice when you um start forming a community around you is you know having having multiple different perspectives um to 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 see something from and you know someone might have a suggestion that works really well for some people but not for others but there will be other people with other other input yeah
0: and that I was about to say that when we join together as a group of people we get we're all made different we're all wired a little different what works for some work might or might not work for others But also, sometimes there's that one participant that kind of looks at it from a different angle, Mm -hmm. and that can open up whole new doors. (laughs) Yeah, and I've seen that happen where someone will say, "Well, what about Mm -hmm. looking at it from this direction?" And yeah, or try this method, Mm -hmm. add this just out of the blue. Yeah, and everybody goes, "Wow, that's." Nobody had thought of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it could be a tremendous gift if we can form this online community. Oh, yeah. As uh, members of adult bedtime stories that are ready to break the isolation mm-hmm. around sexuality, to communicate and share information and put an end to this living in the dark ages to this silence Mm -hmm. and really awaken a whole new vision of sharing and learning new techniques to take sex to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. And I know I've done that for you to some extent. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I've awoken new things in your body Mm -hmm. that I don't think you've ever experienced before
1: oh yeah v- and, by by far,
0: and would you like to share some of the specifics
1: oh uh, oh yeah, definitely. I think last night is a a really good example um last night, you and me did a training session, and it was a very special one it was v- very powerful. For a number of different reasons. Last night um, was was Yule. And because I live here with you, be- before we had done our training session, we had had a celebration around the, the, the chimney, and we had a fire, and we lit a Yule log. And I was already feeling very connected with you and very connected with... Feeling at home here and feeling very comfortable with you and then and with Jay oh yeah (laughs) and with Jay and
0: Jay is my wife my partner Mm -hmm. my partner
1: yeah and so I was already in you know a really receptive state and already really happy and the last few training sessions that Mm -hmm. we had done have been really incredible and i was really looking forward to it already and then we started going through through the training and early on you presented me with my color which that i haven't been able to to have for a while for various different reasons which i i might go into later but i don't think are very important right now but i remember when that was happening like the second you presented me with my collar i was practically in tears it was so emotional it it, it meant so much to me and that was Right in the beginning, and then we you know went into our training, and um you had me nurse on you, and that was really incredible. But then the scene that we had was one of the 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 more intense ones that we've had in a very, very long time, and I have really been getting so much out of training lately is that having a uh, a scene that intense like I'm more receptive now than before when we did some of our more intense scenes and it brought me to this place where like I I like I went so far into subspace that I was seeing like geometric patterns and spirals and moving lines on the wall. And I I um, felt all of these emotions and it was so strong. It was so, so powerful. It was... It, it's, it's something that's very, very difficult to put into words, but my whole body was... So alive and so electric and I was so aware of every fiber in my body and, uh, you know, because I was already so emotionally high even before the scene began being presented with my collar again and wearing my collar for the first time. It was so emotionally strong and powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, too, just the way I touched your body, oh, during yeah. parts of it. And oh, yeah. It just mm-hmm. took on a whole nother dimension. I oh, think. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, that's that's one of the things that we do that works very well in our dynamic uh, is that you you provide... Pain and, pl- and pleasure in equal measures, often at the same time, mm-hmm. and often um, surprising me with with pleasure after you've ad- an- administered quite a bit of pain, or with a little bit of pain after you've been providing me with pleasurable uh, stimulus, and it it you know there it's. It to me at this point because we do it so often, the two are so like intricately linked. Even though they the the feelings are very different, they are forever um, connected in my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think too. I mean, there have been a few sessions where I just work purely on the pleasure. Oh yeah, and that has been. Mm-hmm. Very effective in oh, yeah. taking you to mm-hmm. a whole new awareness of your own body oh, and yeah. what where it can go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And basically, I was doing to kind of clarify this. I was performing tantric circles around some of Paul's really hot spots mm-hmm. and slowly teasingly coming in mm-hmm. for a little while, then backing away and. Mm-hmm. And the body responds in such an amazing way mm-hmm. when you do that because all of a sudden it's like your sensory perceptions sharpen Oh yeah! and become so fine-tuned mm-hmm. to even the lightest little touch. Mm-hmm. And I can just almost barely brush a stroke across the nipple And and, I'm getting them all excited now.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. The the hair on my neck is standing up.
0: (laughs) And this stuff really works. The things I've been talking about and teaching on the show, it can take you and your lover to states of being that you never dreamed possible. I know I've had out-of-body experiences uh, I'm definitely getting a hard-on right now just <laughs> discussing this. <laughs> it gets me all turned on. It's, <laughs> But it's not hard to get me all erect. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but we're up to station break. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a good time to <laughs> go to station break and remind our listeners that we do have some amazing video training programs at Leather.com. And there also we have the podcast page and it has a link to the membership site. So go to Ravenslayerleather.com and check out the podcast page and then check out some of our video training programs. Mm-hmm. We've got a wide assortment available. Oh, down, boy, down. Oh, God, I'm so excited. And my nipples are getting erect, too. (laughs) I just...
1: I think my nipples have been erect almost all day today. (laughs) After last night. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) But these techniques I've worked on in my life, and they do work, and that's why I put them into training programs. To teach others and to really open new doors mm-hmm. to sexual experiences. And I studied a lot in Tantra and the Taoist techniques and working with not just the physical body, mm-hmm. but also that energetic body. Oh, yeah. Working with the sex energy mm-hmm. and building it up and circulating it through the body and, and then reaching that edge and then circulating it some more and mm-hmm. building it and with a little bit of practice on these techniques you can get to this point where each time it keeps growing and mm-hmm. all new each experience is a wh- opens whole new doors for you sexually yeah so check out these training programs they really are amazing mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And I'd also like to remind our listeners that if you, if you find what we are doing um, helpful to you, and if you would like to support us, we also have a Patreon page you can find at uh, patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi. And, um, we have various different, uh, membership levels, uh, anything from a dollar a month, $5 a month and, and on upwards, we have, uh, you know, a few good perks for, for, um, people who support this podcast because it really does take us a lot to put this on every week. And it is a labor of love. We, we do this because, you know, we, we we really do want to be of service to the community um and it's something that we do because we we love it but if you would like to help us to be able to reach new people and to buy better recording equipment and to um do other things that would help enhance the quality of um, our shows in in the future. We would love to have your support. So if you would... uh and
0: I I would like to jump in and say, up to this point, we have no commercials on this except our own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Our little station break is technically a commercial. Mm -hmm. But... We don't have any corporate sponsors. Mm -hmm. I don't want a corporate sponsor saying, Oh, you can't talk about anal sex on this show. That's (laughs) off limits. Or Mm -hmm. you can't teach people how to reach Mm -hmm. that orgasmic bliss. That's just, (laughs) I don't want any of that. Yeah. You know, I don't want someone breathing down my back saying, Oh, Mm -hmm. you can't teach people about sex. Or you can only do this much. You can't do that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell, one of these days I may even do another podcast naked Mm -hmm. while stroking my cock. I've done it on the radio show in mm-hmm. the past. <laughs> well, I even did a show one time where I was getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, it was the naked one that got you <laughs> canceled <yeah. laughs> from a city, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my ears are burning. They're naked
0: on the radio. I hear their nudity. <laughs> no, but uh, but I do like having the freedom to really teach and really fully bring my vision alive on this show and mm-hmm. to provide a gift to the world, to the people that listen in that, hey, you can have a better sex life. And I see so many, you know, my re- most recent training was on for couples that have been in a relationship for a long time and their relationships, the Sexes kind of become routine or even maybe a sexless marriage, mm-hmm. and to be able to give some new insights on how to rekindle that spark mm-hmm. and not only rekindle it but set it ablaze, mm-hmm. get that sexual passion going between partners. Yeah, and so there are some techniques that, and I do include a lot of spiritual sexuality. Oh yeah. The tantric and the mm-hmm. the sacredness of sex. Yeah. I mean, I I remember very young being in a minister's family and having a father and even other ministers and other clergy and other people in my life that Made sex seem like some sinful act, and that if you d- masturbated, it was sinful, and and tried to instill this sense of guilt and shame around it all. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like I don't want to live a life of sexual shame and guilt. I want to mm-hmm. live a life of sacred sexuality, where sex is a celebration, mm-hmm. where Sex is a divine gift. Yeah. And that to me, it's it's a whole Mm -hmm. change of attitude, a different way of thinking about sex. Yeah. So I incorporate a lot of those Mm -hmm. attitudes and values into the training. Yeah. How to develop a better attitude and value Mm -hmm. system around sexuality Mm -hmm. and to embrace sex. I mean, our bodies were made by nature as sexual bodies. Mm -hmm. Not just the sex organs, but as I demonstrated in some of my (laughs) workings Mm -hmm. with tantric circles they can be done on many different areas of the body Mm -hmm. and bring such Mm. amazing sexual heights and stimulation.
1: I I can attest to that fact. (laughs) But, But
0: anyway, back to our Topic. Mm-hmm. I know that you've been very much into another form of service, not just to community service, but to serving a dominant as part of your BDSM experience. Oh, yeah. Would you like to share a little bit about what that type of service means to you? Because there are different types of service.
1: There are, and... um So, particularly in BDSM, service has, like, it takes on a completely, like, new tone. Um, For me, I consider myself a a service submissive, and to me, providing service is a form of devotion. It's a form of worship, and... One of the things that I'm really learning right now, and I'm, I've been putting a lot of focus on, um, is doing service for the sake of doing service. Because I think when I was younger, I um, I I I did service for a lot of people, and I and I. Cared about them, and I was happy to do that service. But I think that a big part of me was doing it for personal gratification, for you know, getting recognition for for doing the service. But when you provide service to a dom as a submissive, the the reason that you're doing the service is that devotion. It is that worship. And the the energy in the exchange, it it is an extension of the power exchange dy- dynamic, and one of the things that you know in a in a good uh, dom sub relationship, the dom is not doming from an egotistical point of view and. The sub is not serving for self-gratification. The the So I feel like when I give you service, mm-hmm. you are giving me the gift of allowing a place for me to give you service. And I am giving you the gift of the service that I'm giving you. And that service takes on a lot of different forms um, from, uh, you know, sexual service that I I provide you when you request it uh, to uh, personal things. Uh, For me, it really helps me to get into the submissive headspace when, like, when we do scenes or when we're working in Aphrodite's temple together or when i uh am demo body demo bodoming for you uh for a scene or when i am provide when i am preparing the the studio for you to have a class or or a lot of those things like it helps me get in the submissive headspace to have um, ritualized things that I do for you. Like one of the things that I've been doing for you recently is making sure to like get your bag full of implements and and tools to get your uh, training material all ready to get the studio prepared, get all of the seats set up where they're supposed to be to um you know making sure that your drink is there making sure that your ashtray is like in a good spot where you can easily get to it to do all of those things that set the tone and set the space for the work that we're doing um it completely helps me fall into the submissive headspace and when i uh, am in that submissive headspace, the workings that we do in our sessions are much stronger, and mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with um, with power exchange uh, because that's a lot of what you're working with in BDSM. And I think a lot of people, when they think of power exchange, they think on for a specific scene. They 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 think about like what happens during the scene like with the with the pain and with the restraint and all of the things that happen during the scene but you set that scene and you set the the you set the atmosphere for the scene long before the scene begins oh yeah and i think that servitude is a very good way to set that and then you know because I live with you there are other forms of service that I do throughout the day when we're not in session and running Aphrodite's temple and and things like that and to me like one of the things that I've been trying to get better at that I'm going to continue to try to get better at is like thinking ahead of time to what your needs may be and like fulfilling those needs before you even ask for them, yeah. and I think that that's a very powerful way to 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 serve because it's one thing to do something when someone asks it of you; it's another mm-hmm. thing entirely to to be able to think ahead of time what they might need and have that need fulfilled before they even have to ask.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to kind of jump in from the dominance perspective. Being in part a service dom and having you serve me, it does several th- serve several functions for me. For one, it gives me more time and space to work on new projects and new training films and work on putting together and refining some of the older training films that I have. I do training here at the house, uh, back in the studio, and we do whole classes here where I train one-on-one or train small classes. And by having a service sub perform some of the duties they perform, it frees me up to really pull together the resources and I don't have to take care of the setting up. I can get into the right headspace and be the best I can be and be fully present for my students because I don't have to worry about, oh, I need to get this set up and that set up, and I can come into the class with this sense of I'm here to provide tools I'm here to share knowledge I'm here to help people grow and really fine tune that and I think a big part of your service to me has opened that door quite a bit for me a lot of times I know when I've done temple on my own or done classes on my own it's like Sometimes I'm kind of in this hectic rush to get everything in place and set up. And, and then, you know, that attitude and that headspace kind of comes into the class with me because it's right before class starts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or even if I set up ahead of time and get it ready the night before class, there's still that kind of sense of did I get everything set up? mm mm-hmm that kind of, and I don't have to think about those things. Mm -hmm. So I think part of having you perform services for the Dom, it it does give me a better space to do what I do so good, Mm -hmm. and that's teach. (laughs) yeah, And do the things I do to really make a difference in people's lives. I know when we, and I'm also partly having Physical problems. I've got a knee problem, so when we do Aphrodite's Temple, which is a camping experience, I can no longer set up all the equipment myself. Mm-hmm. My body just my knee won't allow it. Yeah, and so that helps a lot.
1: Yeah, and I I know that um, there are times that you run Aphrodite Aphrodite's Temple by yourself, but mm-hmm. when you do you aren't able to have a lot of the equipment that you would like to have out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that helps
0: a lot, to And it's partly of not just a physical thing, but an energy thing. That mm-hmm. It's hard to put into words, but when you have someone that's your s- service sub, it's a whole different energy mm-hmm. feel to it. Yeah. And it frees me up so much to really show up as my best Mm -hmm. for the work I do. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And I'd like to say as as a service submissive, you are really good to serve because I know that you have my best, what is good for me in mind. You really, you won't ask things of me that you think that, are going to be detrimental of me in the long run. And I know that there are times where, you know, I'll be doing things and you'll tell me like, sit down, like rest, (laughs) you know, take a break. And, you know, there are times where you get me water and you, you, you Mm -hmm. make sure that my needs are met. Yeah. And it's a two way street. (laughs) It's a two way street. And it's, it's, when you have a good dynamic like we do, it is uh, beautifully symbiotic. And uh, I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to, to, to bring up if you are the kind of person who is f- service oriented, sometimes if you are not careful it is easy for people to take care of you or or to to take take advantage advantage of you. And it's, it's something that you have to be careful of value the service that you give to a person because it is worth something. And I think
0: that's where going through the BDSM interest evaluation and, First of all, finding a good match between a sub and a dom Mm -hmm. is very beneficial. Yeah. If you have a bad match, it's Mm going to be a rocky road. (laughs) Yeah. And also, by just performing the BDSM interest evaluation together, you learn a lot about each other. And I highly recommend that subs do an evaluation with their doms and find out what are the doms' interests, what does Dom expect out of this Mm -hmm. BDSM relationship we're about to enter into? Mm -hmm. And that can be so beneficial for the whole relationship. Yeah. I know a lot of Doms would think, oh, I don't want a sub interviewing me. Mm -hmm. That's kind of turns the tables somehow. But Mm -hmm. actually the opposite is true. Mm -hmm. When you get a good match between a Dom and a sub and you're, you've got similar interests and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, so many different types of doms and subs. You can have service subs, you can have pain sluts, you Mm -hmm. can have (laughs) very sadistic doms, you Mm -hmm. can have doms into a whole wide arena of different activities. Mm -hmm. And if your activities and your subs or your doms activities aren't matched at some level, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a difficult road. Yeah. But also, the interest evaluation gives you a time to really find out, is this a good match on a personal chemical, chemistry kind of level? Oh, yeah. Because just going through the process of a BDSM interest evaluation, you get to know a lot of intimate details about each other. Mm -hmm. And through sharing those intimate details, it really kind of gives you a good feel for how you're going to play in the future when you do play. Yeah. How the dynamic's going to work. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to come through you at some level during the evaluation. And it really helps to get a good match because mm-hmm. once you do, you can really take off and go. <laughs> yeah. But enough on that. While we're reaching close to an hour... <laughs> Fifty nine minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything you want to add?
1: Um, I think the the last thing that I would like to say on the the subject of ser- servitude and service is that it's important to understand that as someone giving service, you are doing it to enrich the life of the person that you are serving. But ultimately, you are doing it for yourself. And if you find yourself feeling like you aren't getting as much out of giving the service that you're giving as the amount of effort that you're putting in, you need to take a look at why that is. It might be because you, there is something wrong with the way that you are serving. Either you are overextending yourself, which is something I've done in the past, or it might be that, you know, you that the person is asking more of you than you are able to give. If you find that you are not getting as much out of the service that you're getting as the amount of energy that you're expending, you do need to take a step and talk, especially in a BDSM uh, relationship, you need to talk with your dom and figure out why you don't feel like you are receiving as much as the effort that you're putting in.
0: Mm-hmm. I think my final words on servitude is that, for me, I've been given so many gifts in my life, and not just by people, but from nature, from, from the food I eat, the sustenance I get. I've been given so many blessings through education and through having this incredible age we live in where we have access to information like never before, that we can get onto the internet and research and instantly get information that used to take hours and hours of going through library books. (laughs) It's so incredible, this age of information we're in. And in part, I don't want to just be a consumer of everything. I want to give something back to the world, give something back to the people on the internet, because so many have given through the internet to me. And so I think that's part of what servitude is all about, is having that gratitude and of what we get from life and giving back to the universe, giving back to people and to the world. I think that for me is the hardest servitude is having that gratitude of what life has given us and giving back to life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's very well put. Uh,
0: And so on that note, have a wonderful night. Enjoy those delicious nocturnal emissions. Touch yourself. Raise that sexual energy reach new heights in sexual ecstasy. See where your body can take you. See what pleasures you can awaken of the flesh. Enjoy pleasing yourself and pleasing each other. Bring that pleasure to new heights. Have a good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics.